sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. The day has arrived. Today starts the greatest two-day stretch in the entirety of the sports calendar as the round of 64 at the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament tips in just about three hours. Live right here on this Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well. This is a great day to be a sports fan, a college basketball fan, one person who holds a bracket. Today, starting at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Time, the round of 64, the 2023 Big Dance officially is underway. When the tournament starts in earnest 32 teams 16 games 12 consecutive hours of NCAA tournament basketball it does not get better than this so much to get to here on this Thursday on the morning after we continue our deep dive into the madness that is March our bracket breakdowns and the best bets for the round of 64 the opening day of the big dance here on this Thursday and it's good for us that we can focus really just on the NCAA tournament and all the madness in this month of March but as we know this week it has also been an exciting week in the offseason in the National Football League and we had all circled on our calendars around 1 p.m. Eastern time yesterday a certain appearance on the Pat McAfee show for the Green Bay Packers former quarterback in Aaron Rodgers what had been speculated and reported for the last two three four weeks ever since Aaron Rodgers emerged from the darkness is now confirmed from Aaron himself Aaron Rodgers wants to come to New York Aaron Rodgers wants to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets on the Pat McAfee show yesterday saying this quote after he emerged from the darkness since Friday my intention was to play and play for the New York Jets. He also said many other things during his appearance on the Pat McAfee show, thanking the Green Bay Packers organization, but also sharing the idea that in so many words, he got the indication from that Packers front office that they were ready for a mutual parting of ways. They were ready to turn the page and focus on that next step, being Jordan Love entering his fourth year in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers thinks highly of himself. Let's put it that way, rather simply. Aaron Rodgers, I think, was slightly slandering the Green Bay Packers organization. A general manager in Brian Gutenkunst that was not the GM that drafted Aaron Rodgers, was not the names and faces he came to know growing up in Green Bay, but after his 18-year career with the Packers organization, saying it was a bittersweet moment to realize the Packers were moving on. Something, though, Aaron Rodgers should not have been unaccustomed to, as it was in his fourth year in the National Football League, after sitting on the bench for three seasons behind Brett Favre, who spent 16 years in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers became the starting 
quarterback. Aaron Rodgers also said during his time on the Pat McAfee show that he believes he is the best player in the Packers organization's long and illustrious history. That might be debatable, he added. However, what is not debatable, he is the longest tenured Packer of all time. All 18 seasons of his National Football League career spent with the Green Bay Packers. But that time has now come to a close. New York, New York is calling. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the opening day of the round of 64 of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Live right here on Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Before we delve into the madness of college basketball, some madness in this offseason following the biggest storyline of the NFL offseason, the quarterbacks and the biggest name, Aaron Rodgers, who, from his own words, said that he intends on playing football in 2023 and intends on being the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. But the market already knew that. We already knew that. It was pretty crystal clear. It was Aaron Rodgers finally confirming himself. There is a tab on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now solely dedicated to the New York Jets and their odds and expectations for the 2023 NFL season. They have the second best price to win the AFC East, only behind the favored Buffalo Bills. It's plus 230. The fourth best number for New York to win an AFC championship at plus 750. We'll get into all the reaction of Aaron Rodgers stating his intentions of being the starting quarterback for the New York Jets in just a few moments. But the first four in Dayton, Ohio, continued last night to set the stage for the round of 64 for the NCAA tournament. Two 11 seeds battling it out in the West region. Arizona State and the final team into the field of 68, Nevada. The Wolfpack entered as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. They should have been a 22-and-a-half-point underdog committee. You should have put Rutgers in the big dance because Nevada did not want to be there. And the Sun Devils made sure of that. 98-73 as Arizona State says fear the fork and easily covers as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Arizona State shot nearly 64% from the field yesterday against the Wolfpack. That loss for Nevada, the ninth consecutive defeat for the Mountain West Conference in the NCAA Tournament. Since 2016, the Mountain West has lost 12 of their last 13 big dance games. Fairly Dickinson goes dancing into the 16th spot in the East region as well with a big victory against Texas Southern yesterday in the first game up of the first four. The Knights winning outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, 84-61. Some more from the offseason in this month of madness up next on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Thursday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. A significant Thursday on the sports calendar, as today begins the greatest two-day stretch in all of sports. The round of 64 of the men's NCAA tournament tips in just about three hours' time. Welcome back to this Thursday here on TMA. It is a special Thursday, as I mentioned. It's a significant Thursday, as I also alluded to. It is a classy Thursday as well, as we welcome on the one, the only, 
Okay, Dubs, Kevin Walsh. Looking rather dapper, might I add, in that suit jacket that you are wearing. I think, Kev, probably to welcome in the coronation that is the 2023 Big Dance, or maybe head over to Newark Airport and welcome in the newest arrival to the New York, New Jersey area in Aaron Rodgers once that trade deal is done. Listen, I, I just figured, you know what, today was a big day. We step up. Maybe I'll keep it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make this a little permanent deal here. This red shirt underneath, by the way, is not a mistake. We'll get to that. We got a lot of time. They made the phone call. They said, they say, okay, Dubs, it's a big day. Do we double up? And I said, let's double up. Let's double up. Where else would I be here than TMA? We knew that on this significant day, we needed the best. We needed the brightest in everything. And that's why we called on Kevin Walsh. Donnie right side, a close second, but Kevin Walsh here first and foremost. All right, Kev, I know. I had to add that in there a little bit. Kev, before we Mm -hmm. delve into the madness, and the rest of the opening hour will be all dedicated to the round of 64 in the 2023 Big Dance, Mm -hmm. the biggest story of the sports landscape yesterday, confirmed by himself, Aaron Rodgers is intent on playing for the New York Jets in 2023 no deal is done as of yet but kev we all knew this the odds market knew it as well but now aaron Rodgers himself confirms when aaron Rodgers says the words i want to play football in new york for the jets in 2023 kev how significant is that for the overall landscape of the jets franchise well i i think if it kind of keeps the status quo for me as I, I said, I believe to you on Tuesday, maybe even last week, Rodgers to the Jets has been a done deal. And I think Rodgers confirmed that, saying, you know, here with this obviously was on a Wednesday, his conversation with Pat. He's like, I made this clear on Friday that I intended to play for the New York Jets. And that's what I'm hoping for. Because I think a lot of us have been asking, what's the holdup here? And I think fairly, we thought it was Rodgers. Listen, he can be difficult. So we thought that maybe he was waiting on something, but it maybe wasn't Rodgers. So what would it be? You know, I think right now, trying to read these tea leaves, Ben, and I don't know where you're at on who has the leverage here. I think it's the Jets. I think the Jets are the ones holding this up. We heard a report yesterday, I believe, of Tom Palacero of NFL Network saying that, you know, the Jets are, or rather the Packers are not asking for multiple first-rounders. I wonder if the Jets are saying, hey, look, he wants us. We want him, but you don't want him. What's your leverage? Non-existent. Yep. Everybody's been saying that the Jets are in a bad spot here, but I think the Jets are going to get their man, and they're going to get him at a good price. This is the side of business negotiations now 101. We know the intent of both organizations, the Green Bay Packers, very ready to move on to the future with Jordan Love and the New York Jets, eager to welcome in Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent. Aaron Rodgers is owed $59.5 million in 2023, the most expensive player in all of the National Football League set for next year. There is that money brokering of how much will the Packers be on the line for as they agreed to that contract extension with Aaron Rodgers about two seasons ago. And then it's what are we getting back in terms of draft capital? So, Kev, when all is said and done here, what do you think that trade package Green Bay will receive for Aaron Rodgers looks like? I think it's always difficult because of the way, you know, seconds and thirds get thrown in there. I do not see any world in which Green Bay is bringing back multiple first-rounders. And I'm not sure Green Bay is going to get a first-rounder even for this coming season. 
and that and th- and that's kind of my point now when we talk about what is the delay in this process is I almost wonder if the Packers think that they had the Jets in you know a corner and the Jets are like based on what again yeah. just, you know where the, everyone keeps telling me the Jet oh man the Jets have really messed this up now it's Rodgers or bust they have him he wants to play there they're good yeah. The, the Packers can't be like, you know what, fine, we're not trading him. We're going to call. Who are you going to call? We've not heard really any other teams that interested. And Rodgers is not going to be like, oh, okay, I'll go play for the Texans. Or So the, I think the Jets are in a good spot. Ultimately, I think it will cost them a first-round pick then, but maybe a 2024 first-round selection that the Jets hope goes into the late 20s. Yeah, there will be a first-round pick in my estimation. Russell Wilson was traded from Seattle to Denver last offseason. He is younger, and obviously we did not expect the career-worst year out of Russ in the Mile High City this past season, but two first-round picks were exchanged in that deal between Denver and Seattle. Kev, you saw the odds right there for the New York Jets. You were here on Tuesday, but remind everybody what you believe the ceiling now is for Gang Green with Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback in 2023. I mean, I think that the ceiling is a Super Bowl. And maybe people think that'll be lofty, but I think a team that's booked the 15 to 1 should have Super Bowl expectations. I know there are some people who have now uh, changed this narrative to I can't believe anybody would pick against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is hilarious and completely is rewriting history on how competitive games between Kansas City uh, were and and some of the top teams in the AFC. For the New York Jets roster last year, with that down Aaron Rodgers season, Ben, they would have been in the playoffs. 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. They would have been in the playoffs with down Aaron Rodgers. If, If it's a real thing, vengeful Aaron, and he gets back to MVP level, why would I not think the Jets are live to win a Super Bowl. I'm not telling you they're my pick. It's March 16th. Who possibly could could be all too concerned about that? But I, I think it's a fair ceiling, and I think the odds represent that, Ben. Kev, there is a complete Jets category on the FanDuel Sportsbook that you can bet for next year, including player props for Aaron Rodgers and his passing yards number for 2023. It's 4,000 and a half. You saw the stats there. Aaron Rodgers in his 15 years as a starting quarterback in Green Bay was fully healthy for 15 or more games, 15 or more starts, 13 of those 15 seasons. Last year, his career low in terms of passing yards, 3,695. His second highest interceptions marked in a single season with 12. The four years prior, he threw a total of 15. The two years prior to a season ago, he was a back-to-back NFL MVP skyrocketing over that passing yards prop for last, for next year at 4,000 and a half. Which version of Aaron Rodgers are the New York Jets getting? The two-time MVP in 2020 and 21 or a career-low year of a 39-year-old in 2022? Kev, we focused a lot on what this means for the New York Jets, what their realistic expectation and ceiling is going to be. We haven't spent too much time on where this leaves Green Bay. Jordan Love will now be the starter for this Packers team. His fourth year in the National Football League, he has made two career starts. Two years ago, in place of an injured Aaron Rodgers, and then in the regular season finale, when the Packers had already clinched the number one seed in the NFC. Kev, where do you think 
This leaves Green Bay with Love as the starting quarterback. I think the Packers next year are a team that's looking to win, not tank. I think their plus 410 number in the NFC North next year is one that presents itself with some value. I know many folks, including yourself, are excited about the Chicago Bears, but we shall see. The Minnesota Vikings look like they're going to go in the Hall of Fame for regression and what things could come their way. And yeah, I've got some hesitations on Jared Goff being a favorite in a division. I don't care how well things work for them. You know, plus 410 on Green Bay, that's a tempting price. A very tempting price. A Packers team that has won the division eight of the last 12 years. When Brett Favre became the starter in 1992, about 30 seasons, the Packers have won the divisional crown, half of them. Now to the madness, next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Today begins the greatest two-day stretch in the entirety of the sports calendar. Why? The round of 64 at the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament tips off in about two and a half hours. 16 games, 32 teams of the 64 still in the tournament field begin their march through the madness today. Everybody with the hope of cutting down the nets on Monday night, April 3rd in Houston, Texas as a national champion. Welcome back to the morning after. Live right here on this Thursday on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. OK Dubs Kevin Walsh is here as well. He is the originator. He is the inventor of a place where we bring you all the madness information to make sense of the chaos with a big picture view of the bracket right now in the zone. So, Kev, we'll go to the round of 64 and our individual best bets and how we see the board on this opening Thursday of the 2023 mm-hmm. Big Dance in just a few moments. But first, as we sit here, before the tournament really starts in full today, one final view of the NCAA tournament bracket now with just 64 teams remaining following the first four in Dayton, Ohio. Kev, as you look at the overall layout here on this Thursday of the round of 64, what is one thing you will follow above all else? I So I'll tell you this. One game specifically that I really, really want to see that result of. If you, I, hey, let me give you a result before anything plays out today. It might be Penn State, Texas A&M. As we try and assess conferences, I am worried about the SEC. The Mississippi, now listen, Mississippi State is a close game against Pitt, right? But they were favorites in that game. And Pitt, you know, you look at Ken Palm, that team probably should have not been in the field of 68. They were, and they were able to beat Mississippi State. And that final score, they were able to win a basketball game with 60 points. The SEC this year, not many great offenses. Alabama special, that's different, right? Yes, Mizzou. Mizzou can't defend a lick, though, right? Kentucky, who knows which version of them you're going to get. And those are the good offenses. The rest of them can't play much on that side of the basketball. If those defensive numbers are inflated, it could be a disappointing tournament for the SEC. One conference we know, Ben, always has a downturny, and I wonder if that's who it will be. 
I'm a little bit interested to see, as I have set myself up for probably hopeful surprise in terms of bitter disappointment, is what those deep teams in the Big Ten do. Because Penn State went on a run at their best. They live and die by the three. They are a veteran, experienced team who can shoot it with one of the best overall players in college basketball in Jalen Pickett. That game between the Nittany Lions and the Aggies later on this Thursday will certainly tell a tale into the big dance so kev here we sit with the national championship odds the final peak at them before the tournament gets underway the number one seed in the midwest region the houston cougars trying to get back to h-town to win a national title a short favorite at five to one alabama the number one overall seed in this ncaa tournament the second best price at plus 750 and then kev kansas Purdue and UCLA all tied for that third best number at 12 to 1. Kev, here we sit on the brink of the big dance beginning. Where is the value? How do you evaluate the value when it comes to winning a national championship? So I think, not to spoil, but this red is not a mistake. I think Houston wins the tournament. I'm not betting them at 5 to 1. I don't think there's enough there, right? I think if you're betting Houston to win the tournament, you're not betting anybody else, right? I think that's your one singular bet. And the bracket provides us opportunities to grab multiple teams, multiple top teams, if you're yeah. so interested. I've grabbed a pair of 12 to 1 teams in Kansas and Purdue. Yes, Purdue. I know. And I can't listen. Here's the one thing, folks. Sometimes. When you're wrong, you still have the opportunity to slander, and Purdue knows what's coming their way if they mess me up here. Well, sure. we keep talking about the East region being bad. So why can't the number one team in the region then take advantage and get out of that region? And the one thing for Purdue last year is they were 93rd on the defensive side of the basketball. This year inside the top 30, it's not the same team. It's not the same Boilermaker team. It's not like Purdue spent all of last season as the number one team in college basketball. I just think it's a different group. I think it's a better group. And I think at 12 to 1, they have value. Their 3 to 1 price to win the East region has value to me as well. Kev, the Purdue Boilermakers, a number one team atop the AP poll, five different weeks, a program record for a single season for the Boilermakers this year. And we'll get to the idea of how the bracket lays out, the map to the madness. Because when you think about value, if you are winning a national championship from the individual game betting perspective, it's a six-game parlay outright on the money line. To reach a Final Four appearance, a four-game money line parlay. That is how you can evaluate the value in the futures markets and what it means for those prices as you plan out your bracket and how you see things playing out here in the big dance. So, Kev, let's paint that map to the madness you are wearing red why do you believe mm -hmm. the houston cougars are the most dangerous number one seed of all four on that one line so yesterday you know they reached out to me try and put this together and i said if i have a one seed winning the tournament that's the answer right I'm like yeah okay well then that's the answer houston is the best team in college basketball i know they ultimately didn't finish with the number one overall seed if not for the Sasser injury and they beat Memphis and win their conference tournament, I think they would have finished with the number one overall seed, but I think it worked out just fine for them. I think their path to the Elite Eight is respectfully very easy, and I'll be stunned if they don't get there. It's maybe my singular favorite future that's offered up uh, across the entire board at around a minus 125 uh, when I was able to get involved with that price. 
Marcus mm. Sasser is going to be healthy. I'm not worried about that. And this is one of the deepest teams in college basketball, right? I can list all the names, but you know all the names. They are top 15 on both sides of the floor. And that double efficiency something has been that you and I talked about a lot last year is being able to be elite on both ends. Yes, teams can get hot and win two games. We're not looking to win two games. We're going to win a ton of games. And that's what Houston's able to do. And maybe the thing that pushes me over the edge, final four's in Houston. It's certainly not going to hurt. And it probably does help. And maybe I could have some hesitations because Gonzaga's not been able to cross this threshold, right? And the Gonzaga, so if Gonzaga can't do it, why can Houston? Well, maybe Samson's better than few. Maybe this roster's better than Gonzaga's. Maybe these guards are better than some of the Zagas teams. We'll find out. I think Houston has the path. I think they're the most dangerous because I think they win this whole thing. Cougs on the perimeter, Kev, like you mentioned. Jamal Shedd, Tremont Mark, also a part of that three-man rotation alongside hopefully a healthy Marcus Sasser, an AP first-team All-American. And then Jarris Walker, the freshman for Houston, on the inside of what they do offensively and defensively is huge for the Cougars. Kev, nine of the last 11 NCAA Tournament Men's Basketball National Champions have ranked in the top 25 of both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency in the Ken Palm metrics prior to the tournament. Houston, the 11th best offense in the fourth best defense. Kev, I also have Houston winning it all. I've had a Cougars ticket to reach the Final Four since late November. I agree some of the value has been zapped. So when we talked about most dangerous number one seeds, it is also Houston for me. But I do want to bring up Purdue because of how the East region lays out. It is the weakest region of all four in the NCAA tournament bracket. If any of the other one seeds were in the East, we would say they are automatically in the Final Four or at least close to to that Marquette is the two seed in the east the Golden Eagles are an 11 and a half point favorite against the 15 seed Vermont it is the shortest spread in favor of any two versus a 15 in the big dance Kansas State is the three seed in the east they are just an eight and a half point favorite against the 14 seed Montana State in their opening round matchup it is the shortest spread in favor of a three seed against a 14 seed in the entire 2023 big dance meaning what the East region is very up in the air. So, Kev, from that perspective, Purdue can be dangerous if they mm -hmm. play their best basketball. And you have Zach Eady, who is going to win the National Player of the Year. He averaged 21 points, 12 boards a game this year. He is one of three players in the last three decades, along with Michael Beasley of K-State and Blake Griffin of Oklahoma, to average at least 21 points and 12 rebounds per game in a single season. Now, Kev, let's look not at the one line, but a team that you think can make a deep run that might be flying just slightly under the radar. Yeah, so can make an unexpected run. And if I offer up a three seed, is that unexpected? Well, I know at least one person who did not expect much of anything from the Baylor Bears. And this is a person whose opinion I respect. And that's my own. Because I've been slandering the Baylor Bears for about a month. Because on the defensive side of the basketball, they stink out loud. They stink out loud. I knew you'd love that one. Look, here's the deal, though, with the Baylor Bears. As they've stunned me here and found themselves as the winner in the South region oh. in my bracket. I thought the Creighton matchup was going to be tough for them. Creighton can't play yeah. against good offenses. Then they have played, if they end up playing Creighton. Creighton has played 11 games against teams inside the top 20 on offensive efficiency. They are 3-8 and eight in those basketball games. I think Arizona's a tough matchup there for Baylor if they play them. I'm not sure they'll play Arizona, though. 
I have a little love for Utah State. The Mountain West, maybe they can figure some things out. And if Baylor does see Alabama, for look, Scott Drew is one of the best coaches in college basketball. A national champion who last year maybe could have ran it back if not for an overtime loss to a UNC team that ultimately ended up in that national championship game. This group has pedigree, and I do 6-1 to one on the Baylor Bears. I'm stunned by it. Unexpected. Who could have seen it coming? Not me just a month ago. Then the bracket came out, and now I'm all about the Baylor Bears. That defense is a concern, 105th in terms of efficiency in the country. I would love the video replay of the internal struggle of Kevin staring in the mirror, being like, are you serious, Baylor? I trusted you, Kevin Walsh. More the morning after. Up next. Stunning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The round of 64 in the 2023 men's NCAA tournament starts in just over two hours' time, we continue to delve into the chaos and the madness that is this month of March in the NCAA tournament. I am Ben Stevens. He is Kevin Walsh. Welcome back to a Thursday live right here on the morning after. So, Kev, we're going through our map to the madness, how we see things playing out here in this NCAA tournament. You mentioned a team you expect to make an unexpected run is the Baylor Bears, the three seed in the South region. I look at the three mm-hmm. seed in a very difficult West region where the one is Kansas, the two is UCLA, the four is Connecticut, and the three is Gonzaga. All four of those teams rank in the top nine nationally, according to Kenneth Pomeroy. And the one seed is actually the team <laughs> lowest rated, according to Ken Palm. So, Kev, what, was it Kenneth Pomeroy that got you? Yeah, it was, man. It was. Of course it was. Yeah, okay. Good. Of course it was. You- Come on, you know you know what it is. I like to give him his due. Everybody just calls him Ken Palm. He's a real guy. There's, there's a mind behind those numbers. And, and a, I agree. I agree it should be KennethPomeroy.com. Whatever. We'll get to that another time. So, Kev, when I look at the three seed in the West region, mm-hmm. you mentioned the Baylor Bears. Are they truly unexpected? A team that won a national championship two years ago against the Gonzaga Bulldogs and then the Zags last year were the number one overall team in the tourney. Is it truly unexpected for Gonzaga to make a deep run in March? Well, to the public perception, yes. Everybody looks at Mark Few and Gonzaga and says, what an absolute dud in the tournament. When your buddy says that to you today or your coworker as you're watching games tomorrow looks at Gonzaga on the screen against Grand Canyon and says, this team always falls flat. Look at them in the face. Say you are an idiot and you don't know what you're talking about. Gonzaga has reached at least the Sweet 16 in seven consecutive NCAA tournaments. Yes, they have failed to reach the mountaintop as a national champion in the 20-plus years under Mark Few, but they are consistent on the biggest stage in the big dance. And Kev, they are the most efficient offense in the country. Defense, again, a concern for Gonzaga this year, but some familiar names and faces like Drew Timmy and his handlebar mustache. I think the guard position for the Zags has come on here in the second half of the year. Gonzaga enters the NCAA tournament on a nine-game win streak. And those guards that I mentioned, Julian Strother, Nolan Hickman, playing their best basketball at the most important time of 
the season. So it's another Bulldogs, Kev, that I think is being slightly overvalued. That's the Drake Bulldogs. It's that classic spot up in the Midwest region, the 512. Drake, only a point and a half underdog now against Miami. It is the shortest spread mm-hmm. in that classic upset, upset opportunity in that 512 in the Midwest. And Drake is a veteran team. Drake with Tucker DeVries, who is the son of head coach Darian DeVries, is as good as you will find. Everybody on their roster, pretty much, is 27 years old, has two kids, a mortgage, Hmm. and can legally rent a car. They have that experience. However, Drake, as an underdog, just five times this year, they've been heavily favored to run through the Missouri Valley, which they did. So the Bulldogs have only been a dog five times. They are two and three, both straight up, and against the spread. When there has been expectation that they play from behind, they haven't been great. In the non-conference away from the Missouri Valley, 4-5-1 and one against the number for the Drake Bulldogs. And I know there's a ton of concern for the Canes and their big man, Omar Shadomir, if he'll be able to play. But you'll find as good of a backcourt in college basketball with Miami as anywhere else, Kev, when you look at Nigel Pack and Isaiah mm-hmm. Wong, a team that has that postseason pedigree, making the Elite Eight just a season ago. So, Kev, when we focus on teams that might be slightly overvalued in a 5-12 spot, how about another team on the five line out Mm. of the ACC? The Duke Blue Devils, Mm. Kevin Walsh, who have won nine straight games, including an ACC tournament crown, as they enter the big dance. All right, look, here's the thing. Right? So they unveil a bracket, and they're a five-seed, and look, these guys are great at what they do. But Jay Billis basically can't believe they weren't on the one line. And Seth Davis, for the first time in his last 15 years, didn't pick a five to beat a, didn't pick the 12 to beat the five. That's how much people were loving Duke. And I, I understand they won the ACC tournament. Didn't we spend the entire year talking about the ACC being bad? And didn't they beat two teams that were had pretty significant injuries in Miami with Omir and then UVA yep. with Vanderplas? Isn't that? So what are we doing here with Duke? Or the Oral Roberts number is now to six and a half. And here's the thing, and this isn't going to last very long, so let's enjoy it while it does. Duke does not have the advantage in terms of experience. I know Shire has been sat alongside Coach K a long time. He's never coached in a tournament game. Paul Mills was coaching three of them, and he's won two of them. And they're pretty recent with this Oral Roberts group. I, and yep. it's not even just about today, though. There's a lot of Duke Elite Eights out there. And I know Filipowski and Lively, I'm sure people will say, oh, that's the perfect recipe for Edie. Edie's the best big of those three at at least a collegiate level. He is. And we'll see if they get past Tennessee. I know a lot of people have just decided to write off the volunteers. I just, I can't get there with Duke. Duke earned that five seed. It's a full season thing. You know, when we talk about a season defined by home losses and road losses, Duke ran the table at home. Oh, yeah, the big neutral site wins playing in Greensboro during the ACC tournament here. I just, look, Duke is good. Is Duke great? No, Duke is not great. This game will be in prime time tonight. A lot of people will look at it as that classic 12-5 spot in the NCAA tournament as Duke and Earl Roberts tip at 7-10 p.m. Eastern time. Kev, when I look at ORU, before the bracket played out, you could have told me wherever they were, Picking them outright, not even with the points, outright to advance into the round of 32 because of that postseason pedigree, being that sweet 16 Cinderella from two years ago with the same head coach 
in Paul Mills and the same star player in Max Acemus back, the sixth leading scorer in college basketball, averaging more than 22 points per game. And here's what ORU has to test the freshman big man of Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski down low, Connor Vanover. You don't often see elite big man play at the mid-major level. Connor Vanover is that for the Golden Eagles, a team that won 30 basketball games this year, including all 21 they played in conference, the fourth best scoring offense in the country. That's what ORU is. If you want a little action on them, I'm looking at their team total going over 69 and a half. All right, Kev, we are now just over two hours away from the start of the NCAA tournament in the round of 64. The first game up, the Maryland Terrapins, the eighth seed in the South region, taking on mm -hmm. West Virginia, the Mountaineers, the number nine. And it's not an upset if West Virginia wins because the Mountaineers are booked as a two and a half point favorite. Kev, what is your approach to the first game of the round of 64 in the 2023 Big Dance? All right, so this game's a good test for, for guys like you and I who love a good trend here. Maryland games are 9-2 and two to the under when they're booked as an underdog. That's the same exact record that they have when they are on a wet team. Very correlated because the Terps this year have not been very good on the road. West Virginia this season, 14-5 and five to the over as a favorite. 12-5 and five record to the over as a home team. You start to see that location, location, location has mattered a bunch to these two. What I have seen, though, and I don't know how much people have been chatting about this, and I know a lot of these were earlier season results, but... Maryland on this season is 4-1 and one against the number when playing on a neutral court. And the offense has traveled right. more when playing on a neutral court. For me, I think if I pair what West Virginia's been able to do as a favorite, because I, I, I struggle with the side quite a lot here, Ben, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I have West Virginia in the bracket. It's hardly my favorite pick of the opening round. I think I like the over to start this tournament uh, off here with a number at 137 and a hook. The Terps form one against the spread like Kevin laid out on a neutral floor. Since the turn of the new year in 2023, when they were delved into Big Ten Conference play, only two wins away from College Park. In Chicago last week against Minnesota, the worst team in the Big Ten, on the road in Minneapolis against Minnesota since the start of 2023. But some neutral floor victories against St. Louis and Miami earlier on in the non-conference. This is not your classic press Virginia team, by the way. They rank in the mid-50s in terms of defensive efficiency, a top 15 offense in the country. All right, Kev, next game up, not West Virginia, but Virginia, the four seed in that South region, taking on Furman, the Paladins, the champions of the SoCon, now just a four and a half point favorite as or underdog, excuse me, as that line starts to work a little bit. Now back up to five and a half. I did see it tick down just by a point earlier this morning. So UVA, Kev, a five and a half point favorite against Furman. Is Virginia mm -hmm. on upset alert? Oh, they absolutely are. Uh, and this game leads to probably my best bet of the day it was the closest i was able to get ben to replicating some of the processes that i was able to use throughout our time together on cft virginia's played six games this year against teams that are inside the top 40 in offensive efficiency the opponent team total cash to the over in all six games and often by 10 or more points north of that number the Furman team total the team that is 33rd on the offensive side of the basketball in the country 63 and a half that number's too light i'm on the over for the Furman team total 
Kev, it's a great pick. Furman, the 33rd most efficient offense, like you mentioned. You don't often see that at the smaller mid-major level. Jalen Slauson, their big man up front, and a couple of great guards as well. J.P. Pegas, who is incredible in their backcourt for the Paladins in this game. And Virginia, the fourth slowest tempo in college basketball. It's the lack of opportunity to score if this game is close, maybe leading to a Furman cover of five and a half points or even outright on that Money line. All right, Kev. As we look at the one versus the 16, might we see a Cinderella upset the likes of UMBC against those Virginia Cavaliers a few years back? Unlikely, according to the odds. Houston actually has the shortest spread in their favor, potentially without Marcus Sasser against Northern Kentucky. Kev, as you look at the one versus 16 matchups, three of them on this opening mm -hmm. day of the NCAA tournament, which 16 seed do you feel is most likely to cover the number? Howard, I've actually, I've, I've bet two spreads in this. And you know me, I'm not much of a spread better. Tournament time can change things, yeah. though. But I have Howard plus the 22 and a half. Kansas has laid 20 plus five times this year. They've covered just one of those games. This is not a, a spot for KU. Winning number, uh, winning record against the number as a dog this season for the Bison. I think they can cover the 22 and a half. And inversely, Ben, I laid that number with Alabama against A&M Corpus Christi. A&M Corpus Christi mm. played three games this season against what you would label real teams right? Mississippi State, Arizona, Oklahoma State, and they got their heads kicked in in all three of those games. No covers, didn't really even flirt with covers in any of those basketball games. The most competitive one was Mississippi State by 19. I, I expect Alabama to cover that 23 and a half spot here in this matchup. Kev, a couple of one and a half point spreads to detail here before we let you go, even though you will be with us actually for Fade the Public. Northwestern, a one and a half point favorite against Boise State. Yeah. Utah State, despite being the 10 seed, is actually the favored team against Missouri with a total of 155 and a half. It is tied for the mm -hmm. highest number across the entire round of 64. Kev, what is your best bet from either of these two games? So I want to bet the Utah State team total, the Missouri defense is the sixth worst defense of the 64 teams that remain, which is almost impossible. But the game tips off at 10.40 a.m. local time. So I'm a little worried. Mm. I might be on the under in Northwestern Boise State, two top 20 defenses in college basketball going head-to-head. And both play a rather slow tempo as well. We end out this opening hour with Kevin Walsh as we come back on the morning after in just a few minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Round of 64 as the tournament officially kicks off and the madness intensifies here on this Thursday on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. All across the Spiz Grizz Network. That is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh has been here for the majority of this opening hour as well. Before the big dance really gets underway on this opening round Thursday, we wanted to hear from you about the four teams on the one line. Earlier this week, we asked, who do you think has the best chance to win a national championship? You went with the top team in the tourney in Alabama. But what about the team most on upset alert as that one seed in the NCAA tournament? That was the question and fade the public. So Kev, out of the four number one seeds, who will be upset first 
in the big dance? Alabama, Houston, Kansas, or Purdue? Kev, unsurprisingly, Purdue ran away with this poll, which is not a poll you want to win. Over 51% of the vote at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. Which number one seed will be upset first in the big dance, Kev? Are you fading the public? I am fading the public. Now, the funny thing is my bracket will tell you that this isn't going to happen uh, until the Elite Eight, which will end up being wrong. But don't go upset crazy here. Shout out to Joe Frizo, helped me behind the scenes uh, since, I believe, 1985. Only three times have there been multiple one seeds in the same tournament to fail to get to the Sweet 16. So odds are one of these teams will drop in the round of 32, but not more than one of these teams. So when you're filling out that bracket, don't get hot and heavy with those eight, nine games there. Since that tournament field expanded, as our stat man Joe Frizo would also share in 1985, only twice has zero, none of the number one seeds in the big dance reached the final four. All four of them there just once in 2008. But as mm. the tournament continues, cream rises to the top. Kevin Walsh, enjoy all the madness, my friend. Thank you for being here on this significant Thursday of the morning after. Hour two is next. 